Did you know we're now providing a video version of this show on our YouTube channel? It actually gets released a day earlier for those who can't wait for Mondays. The link's in the show notes. Hey everybody, before we start the show today, I wanted to talk to you about InvestigatorsToolbox.com. This is the future of networking, training, and resource management. I am really, really excited by uh, the amount of people that are in the site already and what's going on there and the amount of training that we've got in there, the webinars, the blogs, OSINT resources, over 130, I think it's close to 140. This is where you guys want to be. If you are interested in bringing your business to the next level, if you're interested in networking with the best investigative minds that are out there, if you're interested in free training uh, from some of the best investigators out there, you need to be in investigatorstoolbox.com. Uh, so it's investigators toolbox.com. You want to go check it out. Uh, the legacy discount is ending very shortly. If you're interested, you need to join the site right away. If you wait too long, you're going to miss out on the $50 discount. Don't delay. Get in there. It's like $0.41 cents a day right now to get in there. If you can't afford $0.41 cents a day to make yourself better at what you're doing, what are you guys doing in this business, right? So uh, investigatorstoolbox.com. I wanted to talk to you about that today and go check it out. And uh, we're going to start the show. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today, Matt welcomes James Villanueva from Ecosec. Matt met James at Osmosis 2019. Ecosec Systems is a threat intelligence and digital risk protection company. They gather billions of data points from the dark web, deep web, social media, and other online networks to support government intelligence, security teams, and corporate entities with real-time and near-real-time information. Let's welcome our guest, James Villanueva, and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Well, we're going up north today. Uh, we're checking in with our buddies at, from Ecosec. I got James Villanueva here. James and I met uh, at Osmosis, I think, a couple of years ago. And uh, what great technology they have. So, uh, James, welcome to the program. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks. Uh, enjoying a surprisingly beautiful day up in Victoria, Pacific Northwest right now is usually doom and gloom and, and rain but uh yeah soaked up some sunshine today nice. and uh looking forward to chatting nice i have not been to that neck of canada yet and uh, oh, you're missing out world class yeah world i heard class. i heard wad is actually supposed to do their uh conference in vancouver this year okay. and uh, i'm crossing my fingers because i think it's uh, around august or or september actually 2021 it's still 2020 um I'm, I'm hoping that we can all travel by then because I really would like to go and check that out. Yeah, we get a lot of eyebrow raises when we say that our headquarters is up in Victoria. You know, working in this industry, it's Denver, it's DC, it's it's San Francisco. So being tucked away in this little island in Pacific Northwest Canada is right. a rarity, but uh, wouldn't have it any other way. So I, I've actually found in my experience, there's a lot of technology companies, specifically technology companies that deal in data management and resource and mm -hmm. collecting information, things that are based up in Canada. Why is it? Is it a regulation thing or, or what? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a regulation thing. Canada has surprisingly strict privacy and compliance regulations when it comes to collecting data. Right. Um, maybe it's just, you know, 
the, the mines where <laughs> the innovation here right. seems to really be centered around geospatial technology, data. Uh, we've got a great um, remote sensing wing up in Victoria, Vancouver area, maybe branching off of McDonald Detweiler right. um, headquarters up in Vancouver. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy we have it because it's meant that I get a kind of hang my hat in my yeah. hometown and not have to you know go too far. It's a different kind of Silicon Valley. <laughs> it's a very different kind of Silicon Valley, a much smaller right. kind of Silicon Valley. <laughs> With oysters, uh, apparently. Yeah, so. but uh, but Victoria does have the uh, the nickname Tectoria now. We're starting to become a quite a hub for yeah. for tech companies uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So it's exciting. That's great. So your your background is in technology. Actually, I was I was checking out your uh, your background. You went to school for that. So tell me a little bit yeah, about how you correct. got into the business. Yeah, of course. So my background is in geospatial information systems. So mapping anything, data, all sorts of data. I've always been a data geek and a map geek. I just love the opportunity to plot data on more of a visual spectrum. I just mm -hmm. find sometimes staring at code all day. It just doesn't do it for me. I need something that sure. I can really sink my teeth into. Sure. And so I've spent uh, several years in the remote sensing industry, more so focused on satellite imagery, but again, with that geospatial focus. Um, and then had the opportunity a few years back now to join Echosec and pivot some of that more into the social media and other communities. But same thing, big data, plotting on a map. Right. Um, it seems to be you know what what calls to me at this point in my career. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, it's interesting how it all comes into play with investigations, and mm -hmm. I think it's a tool that's very underutilized. Um, I know uh, a couple of years ago, I, I'd written an article that I ended up getting, it was my first article that was posted in uh, NPI Magazine with regards to geofencing and um, you know keyword searches and things like that and how to use that in uh, personal injury investigations. And uh, it's interesting to see how things have kind of ebb and flowed in that industry because, uh, you know, things that are available at, at some point become unavailable and so on and so forth. And you always got to stay ahead of it. Um, I know EchoSec has, has been around for a while. So um, what type of changes, what type of uh, things have you seen on your end that you guys are rolling through? Yeah, the industry moves a mile a minute these days. Um, we launched back in 2013 with that exact goal, which was visualizing geotagged social media data on a map. So the founding members of the company, that was their core mission statement was take all of that juicy social media data, you know, mainstream sources like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, right. and be able to turn around and plot that on a map for intelligence purposes. Right. That's shifted a lot over the last five plus years, um, shifting data sources. So sites like Facebook and Instagram, less access to those data sets. Right. And also the threat landscape has evolved so significantly that we're less of a geospatial company now and more of a threat intelligence company that's looking at a huge variety of data sets from really obscure social media sites like vContact all the way down to dark web uh, marketplaces and discussion forums that right. most people probably have never heard of. Right. So if you do like executive protection or, or if you have uh, contracts doing brand protection, things like that, like these are, this is technology you want to be using, right? You want to stay on top of all these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Executive protection is near and dear to my heart. It's what I came on board at Ecosec focused on growing our organization into. And we've seen a lot of success in it. Um, it's shocking the amount of organizations that are still focused on 
on some of these data sources, but manual aggregation. So they're spending hours and hours going out to try to monitor Twitter manually, for instance, for any threats against an organization or their executives or a travel pool. You know, if you have executives that are flying over to Cairo and you're trying to sit there and you're refreshing your Twitter browser, yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to figure out, you know, what the situational awareness picture looks like, sure. let alone, you know, a, a data breach, you know, the, the landscape has shifted. We're not looking at physical threats all the time now. We're, we're more so looking at digital channels yeah. and cyber threats that could be posed to the same individuals. Yeah, and I think like these days, uh, especially, right, uh, with COVID and folks being, uh, you know, stuck at home, working from mm-hmm. home, and, and there's not that sense of traveling around now. So, you know, the industry on a whole, business on a whole, everything is pivoted, right? So how have you guys adapted to the world we live in these days? Yeah, it's been an interesting year for us. Uh, maybe just to put it into perspective, Ecosec Systems, we do kind of a, a straight split on who we're working with. We do do a lot of work with the intelligence community, FedCiv, government agencies, but we work with a lot of Fortune 500 corporate security teams for exactly the use cases I named. Things like executive protection, brand protection, mm-hmm. um, physical store, brick and mortar protection, um, and we've seen a spike in cyber threats posed to those organizations. Right. Um, with COVID, with civil unrest within North America, um, there's such an increased need to be monitoring for some of those threats. Right. And, you know, as much as the old uh, you know, adage is to look to make sure that there are no physical threats uh, posed to, you know, your storefront, more realistically over the past six months, what we've seen is personally identifiable information breaches right. or, you know, a high profile uh, executive being doxxed online with their family information, you know, mm-hmm. sons, daughters, schools, social yeah. media profiles. Sure. It's a very different world it in, really terms, is. Of, yeah, in terms of security. Even in the last 24 months, we've seen such a huge um, shift and pivot towards cyber threats. Yeah. I mean, I was just reading an article probably about 10 minutes before we got online to do this about New Jersey passing a law now um, with regards to judges and their personal mm-hmm. information. And it now like really being against the law to to post any information about where a judge lives. There was a judge whose son and husband were, were murdered you know, um, mm-hmm. by an attorney who just flipped out and went in and he assassinated uh, these two people. So you know, th- these are the things that uh, you got to stay on top of that, um, you know, coming down the line as far as our ability to do research and to do these things. Those types of laws start finding their way into the mainstream data privacy bills, then we've got problems, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Wh- what do you guys do to, to try and stay on top of that and protect, you, you know, yourself as you've seen the, the changes roll through here? Yeah, we found that one of the biggest um issues that we've had to really grapple with and get in front of this year is keeping up with a threat landscape that moves a mile a minute. Um, One day it's threats that we're seeing on 4chan or Gab, and then the next day they're moving into a dark web discussion forum that we've never heard of. Uh, And so we're just trying to follow those threads and keep up with them. Um, I can't imagine that what type of job, you know, what type of resourcing you would need available as a PI to be able to go do that yourself or as a corporate security teams, you know, uh, you know, threat intelligence analyst to be able to track some of this. So for us, we've been trying to do that through machine learning and, and AI. So just to be able to have automated crawlers that go out and discover new communities that are being posted in some of the other ones that we're following so that we can stay one step ahead when a site goes offline or a community 
shifts due to increased censorship. Uh, we have that new community that they've moved over to, and uh, you know, a security organization can pretty quickly adapt uh, and shift. Yeah. to monitoring a new community for potential threats. Yeah, I mean, again, let's talk about current affairs here. Parlor, right? Uh, yeah. Everybody on Facebook saying, this is BS, I'm out of here. <laughs> I need to find something else. And there's this massive exodus to this, uh, you know, parlor, parlay, who knows what a parlay is, you know, like and really kind of <laughs> digging in. But as an investigator, you got to know this stuff. You got to really uh, know where to look for, for all these things. So, yeah. And I think that's actually when we met, it was osmosis, I think it was 2019. So last right. year's osmosis event. And I was speaking on hidden and niche communities and why you should be monitoring them. Right. And it's just been so heavily exasperated over the last yeah. couple months here where, you know, the most common question we get when somebody is coming in to evaluate Ecosec systems and our platforms and our, our services is, do you have Facebook and do you have Instagram? And it boggles me that that is still where people are trying to look for potential threats because, you know, there has been a pretty severe increase in censorship uh, and movement from those, you know, threat landscapes over to sites like Gab, yeah. Parler, yeah. Telegram, Discord, uh, within the United States. Yeah, if we're talking current events, the alt-right, any sort of extremist viewpoint, you're certainly not sharing that on Twitter in this day and age. No. You have yeah. you yeah. have like-minded communities with no censorship, yep. uh, and these there's a huge exodus of users over to these new communities, and you have to be tracking them. Otherwise, who knows what you're missing out on? Yeah, and there's these other um, sites that are popping up too that are that are very um, commerce driven, right? Where mm -hmm. you've got credits, and you can give credits to people who are posting videos and and, and all this stuff. There's they're they're monetizing it, right? So mm -hmm. anytime you start monetizing things, well, here comes the fraud train, right? You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> you start yeah, the, laundering the, some money. The opportunity to take what is already really dangerous and, and potentially violent sentiment, yeah. have a like-minded community that's not being censored, and then you add commerce into it. It's a Forget it's a recipe it. for disaster. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been a really challenging year to try to stay on top of it, adapt to some of these new communities that are popping up what yeah. seems like monthly at this point. Well, the good news is there's plenty of webinars out there of people that are teaching about this stuff. <laughs> Scope now just had a great one like last week. Or, or, yeah, or I was really happy when I first attended Osmosis and, you know, speaking frankly, like, transparently, I was pretty new to this industry two years ago. I stepped in with a background in data, but not a background in open source intelligence. Yeah. Uh, and going to Osmosis that first year, I met the Scope Now team and I was like, there are so many opportunities to grab data yeah. that, makes your life much easier yeah. <laughs> as a security professional. Uh, you don't have to do it yourself. I think that's really the biggest takeaway I took yeah. uh, from Osmosis 2019. And again, this year, it was yeah. just, there's so many organizations out there that would make your life easier as a professional. Oh, yeah. That was uh, that whole online hub that they set up with Osmosis was pretty amazing. I mean, I'm still popping in there, which is really cool. We got the same the end yeah, of December. Yeah, I, I didn't get to sit in on all the sessions, so I loved yeah. that it stayed live. Yeah. Um, I have done, uh, both attended and spoken at a lot of online conferences this year, right. and I'll say it very clearly that Osmosis has by far been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I didn't find the other platforms as interactive. I didn't feel like I could just come and go. I really felt like to get my investment, I had to just be glued into the screen all day long. That's so true. Yeah. I was really happy with how it went. A little sad I didn't go to, go to San Diego, but it's <laughs> 
There's always, There's next, always year. next year, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, another place where I'll, hopefully I'll be in, in August or, or November. We'll see. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely be there if they're going to have it. Um, so For that's sure. cool. So, hey, we're going to jump out real quick and just take a quick break. And when we jump back in, I want to deal or dig more into EchoSec and talk Sure. Talk exactly like how the nuts and bolts behind it, because I think the, the the lay investigator may not really understand what you guys can do. They may have heard about you, but not really understand uh, what's out there. So uh, everybody sit tight and we will be right back. PI Perspectives. Are you using a case management system? The answer is no. You should really rethink that process. Right. So as you guys know, Crosstracks has been an amazing sponsor of the show. They've just been uh, really supportive. As you guys also know, I didn't used to have a case management system. I was the, the investigator that was fighting them tooth and nail. I finally decided to give it a whirl. What a great decision, right? During the COVID shutdown, I was able to actually roll my whole business into it and get completely up and running. And um, my clients love it. I mean, just today, I got a, a phone call from a client of mine who just couldn't believe how easy it was to access everything and uh, how invoices were there. He actually asked me to go back and upload all my prior cases and put it into Crosstracks. I've been doing business with that firm for, I don't know, about eight years, so uh, it's a lot of cases. Yeah, if you don't use a case management system, you should, right? You should check it out. Give Crosstracks a shot. Contact Brad or one of the teammates over there and uh, they'll get you up and running with a trial and see if it's for you. If you have used Crosstracks and it's been a while and uh, you're not happy with the system that you're in, go check them out. They're doing a lot of really cool new things and uh, see if it's right for you. If you're unhappy with the system that you're in right now, contact them. You know, the ability for them to roll your system into their system is very easy. Again, you guys know they've been sponsoring this program and I can't say uh, enough good things about them, but uh, make your own decision, right? Give it a shot on your own and see if it's right for you. If you are a new private investigator or if you operate a private investigation agency, you know that acquiring paying clients can be a struggle. Imagine a unique resource of marketing courses and programs made just for private investigators. Introducing the Six Figure Investigator Marketing Program. It's a community of investigators all over the world learning to become master marketers of their brand. Membership is free for a limited time. Head over to privateinvestigatormentorship.com right now and secure your spot to learning the right way to market your brand privateinvestigatormentorship.com. Want full data access without a site inspection? IRB Search gives you full social security numbers, dates of birth, up-to-date contact info, and so much more without the inconvenience or cost of an inspection. As an added bonus, you can access IRB data on any device in any location. You'll always have the best data anytime, anywhere. Visit irbsearch.com and use exclusive promo code PIPODCAST2020 for a free trial and 100 credits. Offer available for new and returning customers. What do you do when you get calls for bug sweeps? Did you know usabugsweeps.com, the number one TSCM provider in the country, pays you a 20% commission? For converted sales leads? Stop turning money away. USABugsweeps.com uses top-rated technology and they cover all of the United States. So save time and make money today. Contact USABugsweeps.com and mention PIP20. Do you work with an insurance agency that takes the time to give you the personal attention you deserve? 
will contact Michelle Knoll and her team to get the best customer service and attention available. You never need insurance until you really need insurance. So keep yourself and your business protected. Contact Michelle at mnoll at amoscorp.com. Friend of the show, Andrea Orozco has been named PI Magazine's Investigator of the Year. Congrats, Andrea. It's well-deserved indeed. This issue is available today. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. I'm here with James Villanueva from Ecosec. James, welcome back. Thank you very much. Okay, so before we uh, dropped out here, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, your platform and what it can do, but I, I really, um, I, I want to understand it, or just for the, the lay investigator out there, the lay person, just to really understand what it does. What does geospatial mean and what, it, what is that all about? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to think about Ecosec systems and our platform is online information discovery. And, um, you know, we've really had to shift away from just geospatial or just social media because the data sets that we're starting to aggregate and focus on are so diverse. Uh, and not all of them are geospatial and not all of them are social media sites. So what we're doing is we're providing intelligence via real-time security and threat data analysis. So that could be generated by news sources, mainstream social media like Twitter, YouTube, Reddit. But more often than not these days, we're starting to look at some of those niche and hidden communities or just hard to access communities. So that could be deep web chat services like Telegram. It could be a dark web marketplace. And so pretty broad spectrum. What What our goal is, is to go out, give you a platform essentially a a search engine interface where you can either draw a map, get geolocation intelligence returned immediately from sources that provide that, or shift over to a search engine, enter in your keywords that are relevant to you and have access to dark web content that previously you might need a a Tor browser and a VPN to access directly from a Google Chrome or Firefox browser. Yeah, I'm starting to see that kind of open up a little bit where where companies like yours are finding ways to get people in without having to, (laughs) for that person to go out and get all the bells and whistles and get set up and, you know, almost like, all right, I don't need to have a 24-7 system up and running. I just need to work on this particular project, right? Yeah, it was really interesting getting the feedback from companies before we launched Beacon. So we've been running EchoSec, our our social media and geospatial uh, view within the platform for seven years now. Uh, And in doing so, a lot of the times we'd see these little breadcrumb trails down into the dark web and we'd talk to security teams and it would just get to a point where they couldn't access it anymore. Their IT protocols wouldn't let them have a Tor browser on site or, you know, they weren't allowed to use the VPN to jump into some of these communities. So we realized the need to have a search interface and search tool that gave access to these communities, but stripped away the risk, uh, stripped away the explicit imagery. So we just provide text data from some of these communities, uh, marketplaces, discussion forums, and it's just literally like a Google interface. You jump in, you run your search, you get your data back. And you, you know, move on. Get out of Dodge, right? (laughs) Yeah, get out of Dodge, exactly. (laughs) That's really cool, man. And and it's... It's so interesting to see. I mean, I can only imagine as soon as the the quote unquote cure comes out, or there's some sort of uh, vaccine or, or shot or something for COVID, that there's just going to be this swelling of of uh, underground, <laughs> you know, fraud going on. Essentially, you know, selling the miracle 
cure and it's just, you know, placebos and whatever. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah, I, we've, we've been tracking it for six months. I think it was six yeah. months ago, I found a dark web marketplace that was selling a, a COVID-19 vaccine for $5,000 US and yeah, a per shot. <laughs> who, who knows, who knows what you just purchased, <laughs> right. but I would imagine as we get closer to, you know, there being commercially available vaccines, yeah. we're going to see two things happen. One, yeah, the fraud surrounding commerce of a vaccine, air quote. I know we're on, I hope we're on video yeah, here yeah, yeah, so yeah. that everybody <laughs> can see me air quoting that. Uh, and then in addition to that, supply chain logistics, you know, they're going to be trying to ship around some of these vaccines. And that is a huge threat vector that needs to be monitored by some of these organizations and governments, because yeah. uh, there's going to be people with full intent uh, and impeding that. Yeah, little black ops with helicopters coming down and stealing <laughs> truckloads of stuff. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? It's uh, it's certainly been the kind of the hot spot or hot topic in terms of uh, what we've been working in at EchoSec over the last you know ten months. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I first got introduced to your product through um, the social media end of it. Um, and I know you guys had like a free version and then an upgraded version. Are you guys still doing that kind of stuff or um, have you migrated away from it? Yeah, we've migrated away from the free version. Um, you know, I won't uh, go so far as to say we just dole out free trials to everyone, but, you know, trials are certainly something that I find helps you understand the value proposition of a product like this before you you move into the financial commitment. Sure. But what's really shifted in the product and why, you know, you're not seeing a free tier anymore is there were a lot of systems out there back in 2015, 2016, when we were providing that, that were just grabbing two or three data sources and they were free APIs. Mm -hmm. So product investment was quite low because, right. you know, you could just turn around and dole out the Twitter API, for instance. Right. But where we've grown into is a system that has access to both proprietary crawlers, so data sets that there are no commercially available APIs or access to, right. um, as well as all of the proprietary technology like like alerting and notifications. So it's not a historical search tool anymore. It's a persistent monitoring tool. Right. You come in, you set up your searches for something like an executive's personally identifiable information, credit cards, email domains, IP addresses. You jump in, you write a, you know, draw geofence around your locations. You can save all of those searches in EchoSec's platform now and just be notified of critical content that comes in. Sure. So uh, uh, do you have built into your system the, the ability to now try and identify particular usernames and things like that, that you're coming across someone that's a target or a problem? I know when I used to find people that I wanted to talk to the usernames, then that, there's the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. I've got this great witness I've just found. Now I got to find out how to get a hold of them and, and uh, you know, do that. So how do you guys tackle that challenge? Yeah, it's an interesting challenge. I, you know, I'd preface the conversation by saying that it really depends on what data source you're looking at. At sure. this point, we have hundreds of data sources across the platform, and each one of them has different um, opportunities for further exploitation and context. Some of them, like Twitter, have pretty strict use case regulations. Right. Um, but yeah, certainly when we're starting with these wide scope projects, like maybe you're monitoring for fraudulent passports, or you're monitoring for somebody that's posing a threat to 
your organization or somebody that you're representing, it always starts with this wide scope. And then you're, you want to narrow down the focus. You want to learn more about the actual threat actor themselves. Sure. Uh, and both of our products, the Beacon, which is focused more on the deep and dark web communities and EchoSec, more mainstream social media, provide the ability to pivot off of any sort of contextual information. So that could be an author name. You right. find an author on a post and they're posting on Reddit and you can actually pivot off of that and we'll go run a search across all of our data sources to see where else they're posting. Sure. People have this really deep attachment to their usernames online. Yeah. And more often than not, the person that we see posing a threat on Reddit is also posing threats or discussing similar topics on Gab or they're mm-hmm. on a dark web forum like Dread mm-hmm. um, posting and they've got that same username. So you can really quickly build a case out in an investigation perspective around a user just by looking at where else they're posting, for instance. Yeah, there's interesting psychology behind that, right? So when you when you have somebody who's trying to, to make a name for themselves to, mm-hmm. to be known as you know that person that does that or 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 have that street cred, you don't want to change your name. You want to keep it, right? So it's like yeah. okay, so now here's a nugget that I can dig into to try and, and find this person. It it is, I think when you're trying to identify somebody, a username is gold. It's almost better than a social security number, honestly, mm-hmm. if, you, if you know how to search correctly for it. So it's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then from the, from the corporate security perspective, the entity extraction that we're running, it's not just grabbing author names. It's if, if we can identify a phone number, a credit card, a social security number, like you said, an IP address, we're going to grab that and make it available in the platform. So you're not sitting there sifting through post content to try to see something that's relevant to you. As soon as you run the search, we'll just line up all of the key entities that we were able to find. And maybe that's how you launch your search. Maybe that's how you find more context is the social security number of somebody that you're representing an executive, for instance. Right. So what are some of the the Q1 or Q2 goals for EchoSec? Like what are your guys' plans for uh, 2021? Yeah, that's a really great question. If, if you can talk about it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, our CTO will kill me if I talk too much. But tread lightly, um, my friend. I'd say for us, um, over the last couple of months and moving into 2021, um, there were two things that we started working on. One was something called Risk Portal. So that was taking a lot of the entity extraction and kind of context behind a search, uh, including persistent monitoring, um, and making it available in a really accessible dashboard. So Risk Portal is another little nugget within the EchoSec Systems platform where you're able to launch searches for a variety of assets that could be emails. That could be, you know, uh, first names, last names, phone numbers, domains, IP addresses. Right. We're going to go out and we're going to query all of our data sources right across the platform and return the posts. We're going to visualize it. Sometimes you just don't have the time to sit there and sift through post content. Sure. And you just need a really quick ticker. You know, mm-hmm. is this something I should be worried about? Uh, and then we're actually starting to build out in, in, in the product now, we have natural language processing mm-hmm. that immediately runs classifiers on the post. So you can see, is this identity hate? Is this data disclosure? Is this a data breach? Right. Um, so you can understand the type of threat that's being posed really quickly before having to spend too much time diving into the actual content yourself. 
And so I'd say, first and foremost, it's finding ways that you can better understand the threats that are being posed to your company without spending too much time yeah. doing it. Oh, uh, save time, save money. It's it's really always been, uh, you know, the key uh, mission statement for us. Find yeah. it faster. Sense, save time, save money. It's it's something that everybody keeps echoing. They just don't have the time to to really spend an entire day digging into some of this stuff. You know, it's so crazy with this. COVID-19 shutdown and all that in like time is really a premium. You would think like, Oh, I'm mm-hmm. working from home. It's not a, like, this is great. I don't have to commute and all that. I don't know, man. I find myself much busier now with yeah. much less time. Absolutely. And it's like the projects are there and it's like, you have to manage your, your schedule and really be ahead of it. So that time management thing is a big deal. I, I know, mm-hmm. you know, when I first got into the you know, geotag and, and geofencing, like for me, it was, you know, looking for a dashboard that was really comfortable for me. And I really based my decision on how I was going to approach this, what software package I was going to get involved with, really based upon the dashboard and and mm-hmm. the, the usability of it and how how easy was it for like a dummy like me to understand it, you know, uh, and, and put it to put it to good use. And, you know, that really, you know, it, it Understanding that is half the battle right there um, mm-hmm. of who you're talking to and what you're trying to, to get them to, to do Absolutely. that usability. It's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. We get a lot of fantastic feedback from our customers around the accessibility, the onboarding time mm-hmm. and usability of EchoSec um, understanding that this is a pretty complex industry and there's certainly yeah. space and a requirement for really sophisticated intelligence tools. And I think we do a really good job of taking off, you know, uh, a lot of that additional analysis, but early stage data discovery should be easy. We should make your life easier or not harder to go out and find some of these data sources. And I yeah. remember we had somebody come on and, and onboard on EchoSec and they were comparing us to some other products that they'd used in the industry. And they said, you know, the tools I've used before almost require a PhD to use and get comfortable in. And in EchoSec, they ran through our training module. It's called EchoSec Essentials. It's all there. It helps you onboard in your first week on the system. Uh, And they were off to the races. They they didn't have any questions. They were already saving their searches and running everything. And they didn't really need much more (laughs) handholding after that. And I love that. I love having a tool that is easy to use. Uh, Data discovery has to be easy. The adoption has to be quick for your day-to-day. Otherwise, you know, is it worth the investment if you're spending too much time refreshing yourself on how to use the tool every time you open it up? No, it's so true. And you're taking it one step further. So if you're the third party here now trying to service one of your clients mm-hmm. with this cool software and technology, they don't have the time for that stuff. They don't want to hear about any of that stuff. They just want to know about the problems, right? Tell mm-hmm. me <laughs> tell me about, uh, you know, the threats. Don't tell me about how you got to the threat. Just tell me the threat, right? Um, and sure. understanding, you know, how that needs to work too. And I know, like, I can totally appreciate your, your the modules and things you're talking about because I've just implemented that in my own business mm-hmm. uh, with new employees. So th- there's like uh, this video software out there where I can record uh, videos of my desktop and, and I go through and I do training on there because I don't physically have the time to sit down with somebody and train them for, you know, 40 hours a week, right? Because I got to do my own work, but I can, I can I- record these videos. 
have them do and it. And you want that to persist. You want them to yeah. be able to go back to those videos again go and again and, and again yeah. and not just have it be a one hour onboarding session and, sure. you know, high five you on the way in and yeah, we'll right. talk to you in a year. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, we really want there to be support resources available right across the board during yeah. somebody's time on the platform. That's really cool that you're doing that because I think that's a game changer. And, you know, it's like somebody says, I don't want to call customer service. I don't want to wait online you know, like on the phone like this. You know, like, why can't I just mm-hmm. figure this thing out? And all you got to do is just rewatch the video. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Absolutely. I can figure that out. So that's, that's yeah, good stuff. for sure. Uh, and then 2021, I will note, and I can speak to this because it's already in the you platform sure? <laughs> and continues to be adopted on. We'll, we'll edit it it's, out. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. Is the data sources. So you mentioned Parler. Yeah. Um, there's also a couple others that have come up in the last few weeks. And it, it, this is entirely driven by customer feedback loops. Right. So we add data sources when our customers ask for those data sources. Um, So we just added in vote, uh, V-O-A-T, which is very similar. It's got that extremist, alt-right, free speech type, uh, you know, perspective. Right. Um, And then we added in two data sources, one called Stormfront and one's called uh, incels.co. Right. I think you can probably tell which that one, you know, what the subject matter of of that one is. Uh, It's a it's a landscape that hasn't really been monitored in this space before. Um, but if you're looking for any sort of physical threat or somebody that's targeting an organization, ill will towards somebody that's speaking out on you right. know, public issues and you know, that are very you know, on the top of everybody's mind uh, around civil unrest, these are the feeds that need to be monitored. So sure. we're going to have a bigger focus on that. Some of these niche and hidden communities that pop up you know, daily, weekly, we're just going to keep feeding them into the platform and we're not doing it at the expense of anything else. We still have those mainstream sources. We still have Twitter and Reddit and YouTube, Um, but it just helps you stay on top of some of the smaller communities. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I I was looking down on my phone because I was looking for this community that somebody turned me on to. I'm like, I couldn't remember (laughs) the name of it. It's called uh, Beagle Live. Uh, One one of my buddies turned me on to it and it is this, it's almost like um, the TikTok, right? It's like the next mm-hmm. TikTok. It, they've, they've almost like monetized it, right? So, you know, people can go on and post things when the, and you can give them tips and you do that. And my buddy's like, listen, this thing is going to, it's going to blow up. It's like the next thing. You got to stay on top of this thing. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, wow, I can see a lot of potential problems in this thing. Um, yeah, so. there's there's just so many. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to stay on top of it. Sure, but uh, sure. send me send me an email with that I, once you find it because yeah. uh, I'll I'll pass it into the product right, roadmap. Add it to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, add it add it to the list for sure. That's, that's uh, and then I think what else do I have? Um, the last one that I'd probably note, and this is also in the product but continuing to be developed and probably really relevant to the audience um, for this podcast mm-hmm. would be data breaches. Right. Um, So historically, we've grabbed feeds from social media and dark web. But what we actually do now is we have a data breach repository with millions of data breach credentials. So we actually go out and grab any sort of data breach that we find online and we query it and index it for search. So you're representing an organization. Very first thing you should be doing is going into the beacon, tossing that domain name and see their historical and up-to-date data breaches. Sure. Yeah. It's an it's ugly. It's crazy. <laughs> not no, it's crazy. It's yeah. not a, it's not a good look. You you see executives. I am on the phone on a weekly basis right now yeah. with Fortune 500 companies whose executives are breached 
several times with the same password and they're not sophisticated passwords by any means. And we see credential stuffing attacks. That's where it starts. It's not a network security breach. It's human error. It's always human security these days. Uh, And that's a really good way to just show that you have a really keen eye on where the threat vectors are right now in the industry and that it's the staff. It's not the networks, it's the staff. And if you can go out, run a quick search, get that content and turn around back to your client and say, here are the breaches, here are the main executives that we see implicated. It's a huge value proposition for your own services. Yeah. And change your uh, combination from one, two, three, four, five, six. (laughs) Yeah. We see a lot of passwords being passwords still, surprisingly. (laughs) And in 2020, you'd think we'd do better and have LastPass installed. But yeah, uh, not everybody is, feels that way. Awesome. So yeah, let's let's give a shout out to LastPass. I use it personally. Uh, Nick, Same here. Nick him and I just turned me on to it. I love it. It is. Yeah. Wow. How did I exist without it? You know. I have no idea. Yeah. We are a corporate LastPass organization, yeah, yeah. and I use it in my own day to day life as well. Um, it's. Uh, it wasn't really apparent to me how at risk I was until yeah. I realized. So, and you fought it like tooth and nail, like, ah, I'm never going to do this. And sure. one day I'm just like, oh, I'll sign up for this thing. And my mind was like, you know, boom. They make, they make it so easy to adopt and, yeah. and implement. So it's hard to not use it once it's installed. And yeah. I've got the browser extension on my Chrome browser. So yeah. it's always reminding me to add it in. So yeah. no complaints. I've, I've been a full convert this year. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny too, on um, my investment, toolbox uh the way the password system is set up like it won't let you put a, a weak password in there it, it, and mm-hmm. even some of the, the the medium ones it's like no it won't do it and i get emails from people hey why won't it let me use my password because your password sucks come up with something else <laughs> yeah let's try a little harder let's go you know over 14 characters yeah. maybe a you know a special character or a number right. go a long way so right. uh yeah listen the, the Funny times, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things we yeah, joke about. Absolutely, <laughs> the the cybersecurity side of things yeah. is uh, it, it's very much driven by human error. I'm finding. It's, yeah. Uh, it's we, we've got a lot of really sophisticated security vendors in this space that help um, you know hold down the courts, yeah. but you can't really stop people from making bad choices <laughs> online, oh, sure. falling for phishing scams, choosing poor passwords. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really something that uh, we didn't see initially when we started EchoSec as being something that we would focus on. Um, but when a data breach occurs, it's the social chatter that we should pick up on or the oh, yeah. early early propagation of a data breach. Yeah, and All too often, you don't find out until you see it in the news. But if right. you see it being shared around on a dark web forum or dropped into Pastebin, you might be able to respond to it in five minutes rather yeah. than five days. And, you know, I think that's probably over the years, the biggest challenge... I think in your industry is the fact that most fortune 500 companies are reactive and not proactive. Right. Absolutely. And wow. you know, yeah. getting them to su- subscribe to the idea of, you know, take care of the problem before it's a problem, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it is the toughest sell in my opinion. Cause, cause I, I, you know, I did dabble in that world a little bit and tried to, to sell a bunch of that stuff. And it, and it was, it was the, that was the biggest challenge. It's like, eh, not a big deal, <laughs> whatever. And then fast forward like six months later, either they're fired, <laughs> replaced by somebody else, or 
you know, they, they've got a really big problem that they need help. Yeah, with, right? we've we've always had instances, you know, exactly what you just said. Someone comes around uh, evaluating EchoSex platform after, uh, you know, a threat occurred. Sure. Uh, the, the data breach piece of the product gives us a little bit of an aha moment sure. to realize how screwed you actually are if you don't do something <laughs> about this. Right. When you run a domain search and you see that you've been breached, you know, 30,000 times as a corporate domain, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you're going to be a little more proactive when you sure. see something like that. So that's, that's crazy. Uh, it's a bit more of the aha moments um, that previously, and, and we still use the geofence for that as well. Being able right. to draw a geofence over a specific area, see the post stream in, it tells the story. It's a little more and uh, easy to digest than just staring at a CSV file full of data, for instance. Yeah. I mean, when I was using that technology, almost every big case that I had, it was pretty amazing to set fences up and, and take a look, but it, it was never just the fence, right? There always was the keywords that had to be put in there as well. It's, it, it was a, yeah, uh, it's, a it's lesson, lesson one on our training module yeah. is also run keyword. It just yeah. can't be location at this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have the, the, the location search, very valuable keyword search. You can get really nitty gritty with those. We use a lot of um, Boolean logic operators. So yeah. it's not just a single query and um, build out something pretty complex. And you're going to go from, you know, huge amounts of data down to that needle in a haystack moment. So, yeah. And that's where uh, you again, need the AI. Circling back to the training. Yeah. yeah. And you need that, that AI aspect to it Absolutely. too, because it, it, For sure. it gets to be too much, you know, and you mm -hmm. got to, you, gotta, you need help getting that white noise out of there. <laughs> so. Absolutely. It's, uh, when you have access to even just Twitter, you know, we're pulling everything off of Twitter, real time, 24-7 Twitter streams, all the way back to 2006. So wow. one feed alone, that's too much noise, let yeah. alone adding, you know, 17 other social media sources in. There has to be a way to, to refine that uh, and get it down to only key information. You're, you're absolutely right. Okay, so we're going to wind down here. Uh, James, sure this is really, really great. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, and I told you, we're going to have no problem <laughs> talking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, we uh, could go for another couple hours, I'm Yeah, sure. I always feel that way when I when I get into really good conversations. But it's not about me and what I like. So <laughs> somebody probably just ran off the road. So <laughs> um, how, how do folks get a hold of you if they're uh, interested in learning more about this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. You can visit our website, echosec.net. Uh, my name's James Villeneuve. Find me at james at echosec.net. Find me on LinkedIn. Give me a call. You know, I'm a pretty accessible person. Yeah. Um, but I'd say probably the easiest way is just jump onto our website and learn more about what we do um, and reach out to our team if you have any questions. Okay, great. So uh, we're going to wind down here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and checking this out. And we will see you guys next week on the next episode of PI Perspectives. Thank you to James for joining us today. EchoSec is a great company that continues to lead the way in the geospatial investigation space. Check out their website today. Info in the show notes. We also want to thank Six Figure Investigator Marketing, Amos, Crosstracks, IRB, and USABugSweeps.com for sponsoring the show. Have you checked out investigatorstoolbox.com yet? Remember, it only takes 41 cents a day to unlock the future of investigations. Make an investment in your business and yourself today. The 25% legacy discount ends today. Use code PIP201836 to save even more. If you got a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. And you can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there. <laughs>